rewarding Radha. Ungrateful heart. Tutto è passato, non c'è benzi più. Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Perry. And we're thrilled to announce. We are thrilled to announce that we're doing our most casual episode yet. Hashtag on the road app for me. <laughs> yeah, so Charlotte is um, driving cross country in a van. Um, Charlotte, do you have any updates? Um, I'm really cold. <laughs> Where are you right <laughs> I'm now? really cold. So I'm in Yellowstone. I'm not like in in Yellowstone. I'm like right outside of it in this like fake I'm sure was actually a Western like town at one point, but is now a facade. Wait, are you and in looks Bozeman? Like a Disney thing? No, I'm actually not in Bozeman. I was in Bozeman for a night. It was like wholesome and expensive and very like Patagonia y mm-hmm. and yeah. very like REI y, um, <laughs> which is like fine. Yeah. So like it was a lot. It was just like very like whoa, everyone here's fucking loaded. But it was really also you a felt that way in area. Bozeman. Oh, I didn't dude. feel that way in Bozeman. I felt that way when I was in fucking Jackson Hole. <laughs> oh, well, that's where we're going next. I'm probably going to, like, sob it's then. Way, it's way, way, way worse than there. Fuck me, dude. Yeah, no. Bozeman, I mean, Bozeman is not as bad, I'm sure. But it's, like, there was just, like, I always think an area is, like, extremely well off when there's, like, a running store on Main Street. And it was, like, a store <laughs> that was called, like, the store for running. Running supplies. And I was, like, holy shit. And, like, multiple fine art galleries. It was just like, whoa, okay, yeah, there's just a lot of money in this random yeah, place in Montana. Yeah. That's fucking crazy, <laughs> you know? Like Aspen vibes. Yeah, exactly that, which is just, like, a part of, like, America or whatever. But, like, I had never seen that, and I was coming from fucking Idaho, so I was like, <laughs> damn. Yeah. Anyway, it was great. Um, <laughs> so because Charlotte has been, like, driving hundreds of miles a day, and because I'm um, experiencing some personal issues, we decided instead of um, trying to get one of our uh, future episodes together, we wanted to do kind of a more casual Q&A sort of thing. Um, we have a lot of irons in the fire right now. We're like working towards a lot of like projects. Um, we're doing some research on unions. We're doing some research. We're trying to construct like an interesting yap episode, like... We don't, honestly, we don't really know what it's going to look like, but hopefully it'll be cool. And then we're doing an interview with one of my good friends who has many similar politics to us. So there's some cool stuff coming up, but literally none of it is ready. (laughs) We didn't want to like not release an episode for like a month and then everyone would forget about us and no one would care about us anymore. And And we'd fall into the void of oblivion. Exactly. So So like we don't want to fall into the void. On the outset, the vision that I have for all of those episodes is they're kind of I hope at least like forward looking in a way or like Mm -hmm. dreaming of a better version of what is we'll see how they all form. But I think a lot of it is um, hopefully like it's obviously going to be like anecdotal and like, ha ha ha. Everything's (laughs) crazy kind of vibe. But like, I hope it's also like gets the gears turning for both like us and everyone else. So, but yeah, let's see what else. Oh yeah. Reviews. So we've been posting some of the reviews people have sent in and they're making us really emotion and we like really appreciate them. Um, and we're going to keep posting them. So if you want to like write one in with like a silly nickname that all of these <laughs> iTunes <laughs> names have, we'll try to guess who you are. Oh my God. Like that one that I sent you that was so fucking good that said these girls sound pretty. Mm-hmm. It was tall. <laughs> 
Shut up. She was like, I spent days trying to figure out exactly what I should say and what my name should be. I wasn't even really looking at the name. I sent it to her and I was like, isn't this a funny review? Wait, that's she so was like, funny. I wrote it. So shout out to Tall for knowing exactly Love. what I want to hear. And also shout out to Monster Vagina. That was oh, just yes. like a great time. Miles. That was like the kind of reviews I crave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we really appreciate it. Um, I, I always hear on podcasts that it like really helps like other people find the podcast. I highly doubt that's happening with our podcast, but it makes my day and makes me really happy and makes me feel uh, supported and good about myself when I see you no, guys that's have literally on it. iTunes. <laughs> so thank yeah, you. I feel like exactly like I love the exchange. Of it's because we're performers. It's because yeah. What can we validation. say? Literally, what can we say? Um. Yeah, I guess that's it. So yeah, we're doing a Q&A episode. Um, we had everyone write in their little existential questions in their little brains yeah. and also just like asking us stuff. Thank God people asked. I was fully prepared to make up questions and pretend that people had sent them in. But thankfully, we did not have to do that. We didn't have to sin in that way. If we can be honest with you guys, our friends That would have been really fun. <laughs> friends and followers and lovers and enemies. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, so there's actually kind of a lot of questions. So we're <laughs> going to brag. do this. Yeah, um, so they're all like our friends. So and we were like, like, oh, my God, we can do such. It'll be so quick, quick fire questions. But literally, Charlotte and I cannot shut the fuck up. Ever. <laughs> so I'm sure we're going to have a hard time. Like, making yeah, this, this is going to be a mess. short. But we're going to try to do like some quick fire questions and then some less quick fire questions and then get to the existential questions because I asked you guys to just send in questions that you kind of wander around thinking and so many of them are questions that I ask myself all the time every day so it was nice Word. so if even if yeah. you know, I just want to like read those out loud and be like yeah me too <laughs> no literally like I feel like the like wandering around questions are just like what we want to hold space for exactly. in this moment uh, let's see. Where could we start? So this is, do we want to read who they're from? I feel like no. I was or wondering. Yes. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. I don't want to like expose. Yeah. In case people don't want to be like exposed. If you feel like we should have, I feel like we, we shouldn't. And then if people are like, oh, next time you should, that's a better situation than if we do read the usernames. And the next time they're like, next time, don't do that. Yeah, because I feel like I never want anyone to know anything about me in a way. And then I also feel the opposite. I never Which is feel why we're between. doing this Q&A. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel like I'm obsessed with privacy, but in this very strange way where I also don't care at all a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. But like if someone read my name on a podcast, I'd just be like pissed. Like I can just tell. I'd be like, oh, like, oh, fuck. That was like, private. I didn't say you know, even though it's like not a thing. So, okay. We're respecting the privacy of others. Yes. Um, so I'm just going to like read the first one. Okay. Um, here we go. Um, oh, by the way, guys, Perry has to go sailing. So we're, <laughs> we're on a time, time crunch because I am being forced to go sailing on this beautiful summer day. So, yeah, if we go over, like, we're just going to have to remember that Perry's going to go sailing and we will move forward <laughs> accordingly. Um, this is very serious stuff. <laughs> so, um, yeah, first question, an easy one, one that I love to riff on. Mm -hmm. um, I think Perry does, too. Mm -hmm. um, astrology. Do you relate more to your sun sign or your rising sign? 
I actually do feel like I'm more associated with my sun sign, but I clearly look like my rising sign, yeah, which is what a rising look, sign is. Yeah. <laughs> so we actually have the same rising sign. Yeah. We are both Leo risings, except Charlotte has like Leo rising hair. <laughs> I don't Tea. at all. Leo risings have like really great like statement hair kind of. Um, but I, I definitely associate you more with being an Aquarius. You're much more of an yeah. Aquarius than you are Leo. Right? But I think a lot of performers have a lot of Leo in them because they mm-hmm. kind of want to be the sun in a, in a way. I don't know. Yeah. Or maybe it's that you're supposed to com- become your rising sign throughout your life and you are your sign. Fuck. It's I don't want anyway. to become a Leo. <laughs> I think I want to become a Leo because I just want to have that like I just want to be able to like do whatever and not think about it so much. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. it's kind of lit. Like Leos yeah. are just like fuck it. It's like I want more fuck it energy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I think like, I always think about my rising sign in work settings. It's like a really Mm -hmm. easy way to tell like when you are your rising. And I know that like a ton of people when I was serving, like thought I was a Leo and like (laughs) had Leo energy. So I just had like big curly hair and I was just like loud and just like commanded the space I was in. But that was like my work personality, which like was my rising sign. You know what I mean? But like when I go home and I like smoke weed and like watch like a show about aliens for three hours, like that's the real me. You know what I mean? Yeah. (laughs) I, for a long time, I'm an Aries son and I didn't associate with that because I just don't have that like kind of high energy that's stereotypical of Aries. I actually probably relate I'm an Aquarius moon, so Charlotte and I have, like, a couple things in common, and I think the combination of my moon sign and my sun sign explains me, because I want to be, like, really different and, like, think about things and think about aliens, but I'm a little bit basic, like an Aries. (laughs) I don't know. That's so funny. (laughs) I don't think anyone would look at me and think I was a Leo, though, so I definitely don't. I mean, I understand why that's in my chart, but it's definitely not, like, the first thing that comes to people's heads, I don't think. That's real. Um, so you're okay. So your sun is Aries. Your moon yes. is Aquarius. Yes. My moon is Scorpio. And just a quick side note, I actually kind of associate with that more than anything mm-hmm. else because that's supposed to be like the innermost you. Okay. So the second question that I thought maybe we could quick fire, but I'm not so sure anymore is favorite philosophers, favorite books, and favorite singers. And it's so funny because to me, I was like, oh, this is an easy question. And Charlotte was like, I can't answer this question. (laughs) (laughs) This is my Aquarius, okay? Like, I just have to be different and contrarian and ridiculous. But truly, I hate saying, like, favorite like anything it's like I don't know what to say like I feel like I change my favorite everything I guess I'm just a really unique Aquarius <laughs> in that I don't associate with the word favorite I um, I can think of this shit so quickly I don't know why so should I answer them quickly yeah or, just do okay. it just do it so for a uh, philosopher I think that one's probably the hardest one because I actually don't end up liking a lot of philosophers you like engage with them not because you like them you know um but my knee-jerk reaction is um Theodore Adorno who was a philosopher writing in like the mid-20th century um he escaped Nazi Germany so I guess like earlier than the mid-20th century um but he I was really interested in music, which is how I discovered him. He was really interested in Berg, and he was really interested in serialism. He has a lot of interesting stuff to say about the culture industry. There's actually a great video that I found on YouTube that describes one of his <clears throat> ideas really well. He was just the first guy. I wrote my senior thesis on him. I feel like I understand him a little bit, um, but not really because I 
didn't really have the foundations that I needed. And I think the foundation generally is you need um, Marx and you need Hegel and you need Kant. Um, Marx is probably pretty accessible. I would suggest just like re- you can just like sit down and read Marx. I can't sit down and read Hegel or Kant. Um, I'm interested in like trying to put together some sort of like not a syllabus, I'm not a fucking teacher, but like if you're interested in this stuff, like what should you read? Like what should you read first? I didn't really think about that uh, for this, but that could be cool. So my answer is Adorno. <laughs> Charlotte? <laughs> um, so this is actually funny. My like relationship with philosophy is, I don't know. I feel like I read that book Sophie's World in mm-hmm. middle school and I yeah, felt I really smart. Um <laughs> I felt brilliant. Um, so I actually like when I see myself tending to like process the world around me, I I would love to have actually what you're saying. I want someone like you to give me access to what I should read first so I have a better understanding of this. But it's I feel like I have just tended toward like poetry as a way of me understanding the world. But I don't tend to like I don't feel like there was like this access point to philosophy, especially like even just like on Instagram, like the people I follow and the way I process, like literally there was this year where my entire like Google or like Kindle thing on my phone was just like really dope poets. And I was like, that's like what literally like radicalized me about like class and race and gender and everything. And so it's like, would I want a world in which like I had like favorite philosophers right now? Yes, but I haven't yet. And actually you've been the one who's like kind of, brought that into my life in a more accessible way and like made it less like elite and like I appreciate it and I love it you know but it's like Mm -hmm. it's just not something I've like engaged with because I haven't really had access points until Perry (laughs) um all that to say my current favorite person to listen to re-philosophy is ContraPoints because of you (laughs) yeah So ContraPoints, like, yeah, Perry could probably, like, say this in a more succinct way, but essentially, like, let me tell you my, like, layman understanding. (laughs) ContraPoints is this, like, very dope uh, woman who talks about contemporary issues that we would all think about, and I would say that most philosophers have probably thought about in the past, but just haven't used the same word and haven't thought about it through the lens of our current day. Mm -hmm. Um, And she kind of breaks it down on this really, like, she parses it, to this like really minute place and then like brings it all together and it takes like 40 minutes to an hour like for example she did an entire video about cringe Mm -hmm. like what does cringe so first it's like what are we talking about what are some like recognitions of that term and that feeling in like literature throughout history whatever and then like where is it directed at who is it directed at yourself others and then she just like breaks down the whole like nexus that you associate with the word cringe in modern day and it's just like it's fucking brilliant and you feel like you leave and you're like oh i know everything about everything in this whole world like contrapoints holds reality in her like cute little hand yes that's all i I have to say she knows everything how she connects everything halfway through the video you're like right the fuck is she talking about this and then it kind of all comes together it's beautiful and she also she was in the middle of her getting a phd in philosophy and then she dropped out and you can fucking tell her arguments that's so tight She's like so so organizing everything. She is incredible. If you're interested, I think that's a great access point actually to like um, get into some of this theory. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying answer. to think of what's the one that's like so lit that we talked about recently. It wasn't cringe. Oh, the cancel culture one. Yes. Canceling was really good. A great video. I'll say this for five seconds. She um, is a trans woman and she's been canceled multiple times for like interacting with people who like some of the trans community who are also trans, but some of the trans community doesn't like appreciate the way that they think about certain things, which is valid as fuck. But she talks about like as a trans woman, like being canceled by other trans people in the community mm-hmm. over like a, like what could be perceived as a minor thing to her um, and just kind of like where this is all coming from and how it's gotten to where it's gotten. And I just I take her opinion really seriously, because like if a white dude put up a video that was entitled cancel culture, I would literally like <laughs> rather kill myself than like click it. Obviously, we've talked about that because that's just like a dog whistle, you know, mm-hmm. but that's not what she's doing. She actually like is not doing that. It's actually like so much more nuanced and beautiful. And I think that everyone should start with her cancel culture video. Okay, so my favorite book is also hard to answer, but my knee-jerk reaction is my favorite book that I've read in the last five years is Annihilation by Jeff Vandermeer. It's what that movie was based on with Natalie Portman. Um, it's about, it's like uh, like eco-horror, sci-fi, kind of about aliens. Um, there's just this location in Florida that has been like infested by this alien that has like created this border around it and everyone who goes in is like completely changed and they get um they change their personality they like the thing can make clones of them it's so hard to describe so haunting so beautiful I recommend it if you're like at all into sci-fi even if you're not I recommend it that's my answer I never thought I was someone who was into sci-fi and then I just realized I actually like am obsessed with Westworld and I know mm-hmm. Westworld isn't sci-fi but it's, it's like sci-fi. you know it's like uh, yeah mm-hmm. um anyway so all that to say like I would be interested in reading that yes you should um, read it I think you'd love it I actually because I'm an aqua I'm an Aquarius and I refuse to have a favorite because I'm <laughs> unique and special um <laughs> um I just wanted to say a book that uh made me like cry a lot and made me like um feel like I understand the world more but also feel hopeful and everyone okay that's not true a lot of people who are listening to this have probably read it already and this is such a random thing to say but mad scenes in exit arias mm-hmm. I haven't I actually haven't read it we need to like we're gonna talk about that as like a proj that we're gonna yeah. do because I think everyone should read it mm-hmm. um long story short it's about the um, end of New York City Opera, and it starts with the beginning of New York City Opera. So, like, they talk about how, like, when you think about it, like, a lot of why these opera companies started then, or, like, New York City Opera, it was because of a lot of, like, World War II, like, like people who came over, like, after World War II, or even, like, during or before, or whatever, and, like, started to live in the U.S. Cool. It was almost nostalgic. And, of course, there's people who, like, deeply care about it. They know all the composers, et cetera. But, like, it was also this, like, kind of, like, cultural, like, pride. And then it's, like, so then what is opera now? What is opera now that it's the great-grandchildren of those people or the grandchildren of those people? What is it? Mm-hmm. And it's cool because – and that's why I, like, get emotional when I read it because then you get to the end and they're talking about, like, this uh, – Heidi Whaleson, I think is her name. Um, she's talking about on-site opera and Beth Morrison's prototype festival and mm-hmm. talking about, like, what can be successful opera now. Um, and she's just really brutal and she's really fucking brilliant. She interviews all these people. It's purely data-driven. It's almost like business more than it's opera. But um, it really calls out – ego in the industry it really calls out money and elitism in the industry and boards failing um and i i just i found it like a really beautiful study of like why we care about this and what how we can 
hope for a better future. So like, I just recommend that everyone reads that. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I would love to read it. And something that I, that actually Charlotte suggested, but then didn't remember suggesting is that we should do like some sort of book club or at least like, uh, yeah, like a book club figure out a way we can all talk about it or at least have like an episode like I can actually read it and we can figure out what we want to say because I would love to read it so if you would like to read it along with us um smash that like button (laughs) smash that subscribe (laughs) okay favorite singers I'll just say them (laughs) Kate Lindsay I know I'm a soprano but it's just who I am I'm obsessed with her (laughs) I think she knows this because I've met her before and I told her that so (laughs) I really like her (laughs) Um, Beverly Sills, because that's what I'm supposed to sound like if I like knew how to sing well. <laughs> and <laughs> and then this really hot bear hunk, <laughs> Theo R. Hoffman. Oh my God, he heard me. I wanted to, to turn around in the van. <laughs> I'm sitting in the fucking van recording this episode <laughs> with the acclaimed baritone Theo Hoffman. With the acclaimed all time. Star Barry Hunk Theo Hoffman. Okay, maybe I'll cut that. <laughs> I think it's funny. Tell him I think it's funny. <laughs> yeah. So um, I don't know. I'm sure I have a third singer that's like you know a world-renowned bloody blah. I'm just saying Theo because I wanted to react because <laughs> I'm a Leo rising. Um, Perry, who are your favorite singers? <laughs> um, I think my favorite three singers right now are Lorraine Hunt Lieberson, definitely for um like early stuff and first song I just think she's very connected to text which I am not so it's cool to listen to I love Shirley Verrett because her chess voice is fucking insane and then when I'm like looking for like rep that I sing and I want to hear a good person sing it I always click on Tatiana Troianos so I think those are probably my three favorite singers I love that I love that I'm sorry that they're all mezzos I'm like such a I basically only listen to mezzos i love operas if they have a good mezzo role in them i am selfish <laughs> that's funny i'm the same way honestly kate Lindsay is just like this like weird thing she i don't is know hot. what it is she's very hot she's, and very good bro she's fucking she's really hot <laughs> <laughs> okay the next question is which opera is the most dot 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 erotic uh, well mine is kind of like an extension of what i was just saying how I only like operas with good mezzo roles. So my reaction was Rose and Cavalier. I don't even know if I'll call it erotic. It's more like sensual. But I I have a lot of trouble like engaging with like operas that have like a sexy soprano role. And I don't really sing Carmen, so. (laughs) T. Maybe I can bring Theo in as a correspondent for this one. I feel like he'd have an educated opinion. Do you have a most erotic opera? This might be kind of pretentious, but, like, I think you have to look at what was erotic at the time. Oh, I have to speak into the mic. I mean, I the one that comes to mind is Rose and Cavalier. Oh, Shut up, that's what said. Oh, really? I can't hear anything, so I don't know. Oh, my God. Wait, say why you think that. I mean, the opening scene is literally in a bed. I can't think of a di- uh, of another opera that starts with a sex scene. Yeah, they but just also fucked. Popeye comes to mind because it's all about seduction, and power and sexual mm-hmm. power and you know like dynamics like that. Oh God, Theo is the best field correspondent <laughs> one could ever hope for. That was <laughs> fucking lit. So we've decided that the most erotic opera is Rose and Cavalier. No conversation. We will not be taking any questions. No further <laughs> questions, Your Honor. 
Um, worst date. I'm such a relationship girl that I so rarely have gone on dates with people that haven't turned into like me being in a relationship with them. <laughs> the date that I went on where I had my first kiss, I went out with this guy um, who was really beautiful like too beautiful but like fucking weird which is the only reason I was able to like go on a date with him and my friends like pressured him to go on a date with me he wore this like three six mafia shirt every day so I went (laughs) I went on a date um to see one of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies with him and we made out in the movie theater when I was like 13 and that was my first kiss and then I remember I called my friend afterwards and she was like did you use tongue (laughs) Use did you use tongue? <laughs> but that wasn't a wait. Bad what kind date. of phone did you have? I, I'm really into phones. From, I so I started. I had like a little like silver bullety flip phone for a while, and then of course I got a razor. I had a rate. I had a pink Dude, razor. The and razor. I had a blue razor. God, I loved you? the razor. I had the razor. I had something that was a little more like rounded and still flippy. It was like kind of the before the razor, mm-hmm. and then I had that one that was sort of like a block. It was like a rectangle. It also flipped open to type, but it was like oh, the yeah. numbers were really a big. Sidekick? Dude. Yeah. No, not a sidekick. sidekick. Not a sidekick. No, it was always Verizon Life. So it was definitely oh. like Samsung. Okay. I'm rewatching Gossip Girl, side note. I have a lot to say about that on another episode. <laughs> but like, so Theo and I are obsessed because it's all product placement and it's always a new phone. It's like Serena Vanderwoodson just like throws her phone on her silk sheets. And it's like, <laughs> there's always a new phone every 10 minutes in the episode. That's so, so I've been funny. having a lot of phone discussions. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, worst date, one where I actually, how about this, one where I, like, literally got dressed and, like, went and, like, walked 20 minutes in, like, cold Boston to this bar, and then the guy wasn't there, and I was like, oh, he stood me up, and then I sent a text being like, um, I don't see you, so I'm going home, and he was like, dude, the date is for next week, what are you talking about? That is <laughs> so <laughs> fucking funny. <laughs> and I thought I got stood up, and I was like, gonna listen to sad music on the way home, and it was like, I wasn't stood up, I'm just a fucking dumbass who's, like, anemic, so they don't have any long-term <laughs> memory. <laughs> That's my worst date. <laughs> so, um, so I got a request to talk about Meme Tide. That's meme T I D E S. Um, it's an account on Instagram that I, um, really love, but can look at through a critical lens. I don't know if that's how I want to say this. Um, Meme Tides posts a lot of absurdist content that ends up like really riffing on like the meme format of the moment in a way that I really value. It also goes like heavily into like politics in a way I really value. That being said, they, I don't know why this person does this. I actually think they use they pronouns. Um, I don't, so they've done a, like a reveal of like the admin one time, like two years ago. And I remember seeing them and being like, Oh damn word. Um, like it's not like this cis man who looks like shitty. So here's the complication with meme tides. And this is why like, I don't know if I'm going to put this on, but they post legitimately like <laughs> like like things inherently that they do not believe but mm-hmm. they think that they're ridiculous and funny but the thing is they give absolutely no like acknowledgement that they don't believe them so they lose followers like every I think time. That's funny. they post like it's it's really funny but it's like so sad because people don't know and this person never ever 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 posts that they don't believe it so you might be saying like charlotte how do you know that because i've been following them since they had a very small following and watched them explain in the comments and watched them explain on stories that they don't believe any of that stuff so mm-hmm. i know that but it's like i don't know if it's like it's like, I don't know, the word offensive comes to mind. It feels like it's so overused, but it's like, it's offensive. I don't know what to say. But it's like, they're posting this meme to make fun of the people who would ever think that that's like a legitimate thing to say. But then in the comments, people are like, wow, I really thought that you were 
blah, blah. And now I know that you're actually blah, blah. So oh I'm going to have to unfollow now. <laughs> and it's like, I don't under, I, I, of course they would do that. They have no understanding that this person's joking. So that's why I say like meme tides holds like the best memes and the worst memes that exist on earth. And for that reason, I value them highly, but I don't know if I can put this on the episode because it's, it's like a really complicated <laughs> situation. I think, that sounds funny. I, I think I've never looked at this page before, but I'm pro meme tides. Yay! Okay, yeah. So anyway, that's my meme tides trigger warning is literally is that they do not have trigger warnings for posting things that are legitimately ridiculous and stupid and misogynistic and fucked up because they're just doing it because it's like hilarious to them that these things are ever written anywhere. But then they also have like the best memes ever. So meme tides holds the key to the universe for me and <laughs> the follower who wrote this in. So <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. And then um, someone asked for a van update. We already gave it. Um, and then please weigh in resurge and millennials saying fuck the system and buying portable tiny homes. I will say very briefly, I think that that is a, um, interesting balance between, um, economic necessity, um, for many people and also a choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, and I don't want to overemphasize one or the other because I think the housing crisis is an important topic, but I think it's really important to like give people the autonomy to say that they've also chosen this when they can afford a home or can afford rent and still choose this because it, of so many things. I mean, living like off the water grid and the electric grid feels more and more like it's like somehow weirdly like, I don't know, like less wasteful. Like we're, we live mm-hmm. off of solar energy. We have solar panels on the van. Um, And also, like, being able to travel is really valuable. And when things feel uncertain, being able to connect with, like, beautiful places in this world and, like, the earth feels like sometimes the only thing that is certain and real. Um, And I can say, like, obviously, like, I have wanderlust when I do rent a place and feel like I have to just pay rent. And just, I think that goes back to my other point, which is it's kind of a housing crisis. I was like, why am I spending money on rent and making money to spend on rent? Like, it just doesn't. It, it became silly, but that's not why everyone does it. And that's not even why I did it. I can literally afford rent right now, but this gave me opportunities I wouldn't have had otherwise. And I actually don't need to live with so much stuff and I don't need to live with like, it, it feels like it's actually just a more honest way of living for me personally. And sure. I, I think a lot of people might feel that way too. Um, and I'm sure Theo has a lot to say about that, but yeah, that's, I think it's a combination of many things happening in this world and sort of our collective response to them. Cool. Both good and bad. Um, <laughs> How do we feel about these virtual auditions? And um, she also says, I want a state of the union on YAPS, LOL. That's coming. That's going to happen. Yeah. Um, But like to go off of what I was just saying, I'm not doing any of these auditions. I feel completely uninspired by them looking at them. (laughs) Um, And I am really, really focused on my technique right now. I found this technician um, and I, I don't sing any rep with him. I have only been doing um, technique and vocalises for months. Um, and I feel like I, I sound better than I ever have. And I since all this fucking shit is insane, I'd rather just commit to trying to learn how to sing. Like on my deathbed, I want to be able to tell myself I knew how to sing. <laughs> yes. And isn't that fun? Because that's so, it is so divorced from capitalism. Yeah, yeah. It truly is. I realized like, the, the, like kill the capitalist in your head you know people always mm-hmm. like say that like kill the racist in your head kill the whatever in your head that's how I feel about what opera was doing to me yeah. when I was like m- embedded in like post-grad school trying to like whatever it's like wait why am I not just trying to figure out like how to sing and also like try to understand what I'm singing more like mm-hmm. don't I care about the the music and the composer and the style yeah. like isn't I that totally the whole reason I'm doing this 
I totally lost that. I I was so concerned with just getting into something, anything. And, you know, that kind of is about with what our last episode was about. Mm-hmm. But to kind of remove that and even to remove, like, all of the composers and all of the rep and just be like, I just want to know how to sing. That's, like, my one pursuit mm. in this mm. right now. It feels pretty good. I mean, it's sad. I don't, I don't want to say it's sad, but, like, the fact that I've done all this school and I'm still working towards that goal. I mean, it's beautiful in a way, like you've never done learning, but it's also a little bit frustrating, but it's that's totally how I've been focusing on it. So I honestly have no idea what's going on with these virtual auditions. Are they all virtual? Do you know? That's a great question. I actually don't know. So here's, I'm kind of like weirdly in a similar boat as you, even though I might describe it differently. I actually am in a place where along the lines of what you're saying, my only intention right now is to like, feel good enough about the rep that I'm singing that I can record it and mm-hmm. have a really good recording that I feel good about. But here's how I parse that with like the virtual auditions. I will get that recording and it will feel good and I will do it when it feels good and I do it. Mm-hmm. If that is now I'm literally on the road. It is 54 degrees and I'm in a van in Yellowstone national park right now. So like catch me like not right now doing that, but like <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> I'm like done with this trip for like a bit in like a couple weeks. And I, that's when I'm going to start thinking about that and putting it together. And I'm, I am on my own timeline hashtag divine timing. <laughs> and when the recordings are like litty, then like I will have them and they'll be Liddy and whatever opportunities like are there. It's easy enough for me to like attach a recording MP3 file to a stupid fucking thing and press send. Yeah. But the way that I'm parsing it is like, I am not rushing for any specific deadline right now. Mm-hmm. I'm simply not, I'm not, there's going to be dumb shit happening all year and maybe some shit that isn't dumb, but it's ultimately all a little bit dumb, right? It's all a little Cause it's bit virtual. Dumb. <laughs> it's all a little bit dumb. So I will submit my stuff to the, a little bit dumb stuff when I feel good about it because I am on my own timing. I don't know if this is a cheesy analogy, but like the way you described that felt very like open throated to me. Like, like trying to reach this deadline is so like constrictive and maybe literally, I mean, I feel like part of the reason why I'm singing the best ever song is because I literally have nothing to sing for. So all I can do is just open my throat. There's nothing else to do. But every other time Mm -hmm. I have something, I feel constricted and I feel my throat tightening up with like this anxiety of how am I going to do this thing? I have to get this. It's due in two weeks and my piano isn't available until a week and a half from now like what am I gonna do mm-hmm. I don't have to have any of those thoughts I mean yeah exactly oh and it's been cool to like sing certain things I wouldn't have predicted myself singing like I was singing like Traviata the other day and I was mm-hmm. like okay this feels good and sounds good now like don't worry like Charlotte hasn't lost her old marbles like I'm not gonna like to record that tomorrow <laughs> but I'm just saying like it's been nice to be like okay if I open my mouth and just sing what happens mm-hmm. And it's like, it's just been a really beautiful experience versus when I'm like, fuck, like this one phrase in Kadonome sounds like shit and I'm recording two days from now. What do you do with that? Do you get better at singing? Uh-uh. No. no. You just don't. So, and I'm not saying like, that's how it's going to be forever. Like, I understand the deadlines exist. I'm just saying for my own ability to learn how to sing better, I needed to like, shut the fuck up about all these deadlines, TBH. So I'm really totally. happy we have a chance to do that, you know? I kind of want Theo to be a field correspondent for the last question because I know he has, like, the right answer. Yes. Do you mind if I, like, no, let please. him answer this? And then you can say whatever you want to. I have nothing to say. I have no idea about T. the answer to this Okay, question. that's so funny. I thought I knew, and it turns out I was right, but I just feel like Theo can say it better. Okay. Um, so, last question. Um, why don't more companies keep archival footage of performances available? It's a great question, mm-hmm. and um, Theo has the answer for us as our field correspondent <laughs> on the scene. Um. It is so hard to get um, 
access to archival footage because our current collective bargaining agreements with the orchestral unions are really strict and mm. usually allow for three minutes, I believe, of um, footage for promotional use by the house only. And for instance, when I want to see a performance that I've given with an orchestra that happens to be part of AF of M, I am allowed to sit in an office and watch it. And what I've been told is that technically there's nothing they could do if I decided to copy it, but I could be sued for posting it or using it for my own promotional use, um, which I find extremely problematic. But the good news is a lot of that is probably going to change due to COVID, um, given the fact that we have to use that archival footage for some sort of, um, you know, keeping our art form alive. Um, and so, yeah, that's, uh, that's the tea. We are, we are strictly bound by agreements that do not have artists in mind. Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you, Mr. Hoffman. <laughs> Yeah, thank you to our field correspondent once again. That's crazy. I had no idea that that was the case. That seems so weird that this thing that you're working so hard for, you can't, you don't have access to. Okay, so I actually have to go sailing right now. But in when we return, when I return, <laughs> if I don't fall overboard, um, we'll t- we'll talk through the existential questions, which I found very interesting and enlightening. So a uh, BRB. <laughs> Please hold for Perry's sailing. So Perry's back from sailing. How was well, it's it? Actually, in uh, in the interest of full transparency, it, it is the next day. Right. Um, I got a little drunk on the boat, and then Charlotte was like driving all around town, and so we just went to sleep. <laughs> and I woke up in a snowstorm in Yellowstone. So that's fucking insane. I'm recording with my coat on, and that's who I am now, I guess. <laughs> and a very sweet little hat. Yeah, I look like the DJ, like at the like club, who's gonna clearly ghost you, even though he said he was gonna meet up with you after his set. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not drawing from personal experience with that one. I don't think I've ever spoken to a DJ. Don't. Um, yeah, I'm, it's like this black beanie that just looks a little too short for like my head. It's like one of those kinds of looks. It's like, okay, say less, you know? (laughs) So we divided this Q and A into two different sections because I had this idea to do like a more existential question session, no real answers. And I asked you guys to send in questions that you find yourself like thinking when you wake up in the morning and when you're wandering around doing your daily tasks um and you guys had some really beautiful questions so we just want to like share them and like put them out in the world and like maybe say something about them but I don't know I mean I'm asking myself these same questions too all the time yeah so you Um, might just be like giggling along or just being (laughs) like word we feel um yeah yeah we wanted to like create some solidarity in this space Exact. Um, so these first two questions I thought went um, really well together. And then Charlotte also has another thing that one of our friends sent in that we also wanted to share. So the first question is, I've been asking myself what the fuck all these singers, including me, are going to do during and post pandemic. Right. And then also, is it worth it to pursue this career knowing how much of a shit show it currently is? 
I don't fucking know. Stop asking me. <laughs> right. It's actually such a different question depending on like how you make money or whatever. But like, mm-hmm. I just want to do it for this this like weird like sake of doing it for a second because I don't know that I've ever mm-hmm. allowed myself that, and I think that's like really unhealthy. And it's like I don't know, like O to be a like madrigal in like the (laughs) (laughs) days of yore when you were just like dirty and like had sex and sang and then you died. (laughs) Like, why do we have to think about this so much? This is so stupid. (laughs) Yes, yes. I kind of just want to sing to sing for a second, you know. (laughs) I mean, this is very anti our project, but on some level, O to be like a rich French aristocrat who just like gets to have hobbies. Same like, thing. I yeah. can have my my music as my hobby, my reading as my hobby. No one really expects that much from me. I can just like be me and then like be depressed for that reason as opposed to being depressed because oh my I'm God, like, that's amazing. being forced into doing something with my life. I love how I could have imagined <laughs> being anybody for that scenario and I imagined being like the most poor possible surf in the feudal system. <laughs> 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 like, are you good, dude? Like, what the fuck? And you're like, yeah, I'll be Marie Antoinette, like in my imagination. <laughs> like, whoa. Yeah. I think um, about it because I felt that way when I saw the Sofia Coppola movie. So that's like, so oh, real. I'd like to be her. Like, she dies, yes, but like, she wears some really nice, cute little shoes. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate answer to that question is like, I literally have no idea what the future holds. And I don't think any like psychic medium fully does either. So, like, the only thing I can do that's not chaotic is be, like, not chaotic in my brain. And I think Mm -hmm. I have never had the opportunity to do that. And the way that I can do that is just by, like, trying to learn how to trill properly. Anyone want to (laughs) join me in that journey? Anyone (laughs) want to join me in learning how to trill? Let's do it. Let's just fucking do it. Anyway, that's our answer. (laughs) Do you want to read that other thing? Oh, yeah. Shit. So um, the only other thing that we thought kind of fit with this was this beautiful monologue um, from someone we love so much. Um, She sent sort of this long paragraph about a few things happening right now in the opera world. And one of them was just her talking about being a singer in quarantine. I just want to read it so we can all just like hold space in our hearts Mm -hmm. for this. Also, it's been hard as an identifying singer, that's in quotes, to do this quarantine. I have had such a low motivation to sing, though I have been and have done a couple virtual things that are not exactly joy-filled. It just doesn't make me happy. It's arguably more depressing. Maybe this ties in with authenticity somehow. How do we survive the new normal as opera singers? Why the fuck am I feeling the same feeling when I see new thrilled to announce posts as I now do when I see my friends and colleagues doing dope virtual projects while I'm fistful deep in a talkie bag, rewatching Mad Men and shooting resentful glances at my opera scores? What the fuck is that? Maybe a topic for pod? It kind of like is a topic for pod. Yeah. Um, And also, what the fuck is that? I feel exactly the same. Except I, have, I haven't done any virtual performances, but I have been casting very resentful glances at my opera scores. It actually begs this larger question, right, of like, it's so easy to guilt yourself when you have time and you don't do the thing that you have time mm-hmm. to do. But it's like, this is such like a massive example of that, that I think it actually gives you like no choice but to go inward. Because it's like clearly your mind or your like whatever higher self is telling you something. <laughs> Our next question is, how long will I have to work four jobs to support my creative work? Um, And obviously, I don't know, but I just want to say that sucks so fucking much. And that no one 
should have to do that to have a successful and creative life. And I don't, obviously, I don't mean successful as in like you're making a lot of money. I mean like fulfilling in some way. That's yeah. fucking bogus. Yeah, it's bogus. Like minimum wage is bogus. Uh, the amount of productivity put out by our generation versus the amount of pay put out for our mm-hmm. generation is bogus. <laughs> productivity is like skyrocketed and minimum wage hasn't really changed that much. Yeah, it hasn't it, changed in fucking in years. Yeah, and, and not in relation to inflation. If it was related mm-hmm. to, I think I saw something that was like, if it was related to inflation, minimum wage would be 22. And yeah, that makes I mean, sense. 15, 15 isn't enough anymore. We all deserve a lot better than that, you know? So, like, we feel that. I feel that deeply. Um, Yeah. Just want to hold space for that. Yeah. Um, Oh, my God. Such a cute question afterwards. Like, a cuter. Cute. Um, Why do you like to sing? How can you advocate for yourself today? I think that's a great question. I mean, I don't ask myself that. I don't really ask why do I like to sing. It's like, we kind of, we touched on it before. It's like... It's something that I do. There's just kind of right. no question. I don't really reflect upon it in any meaningful way uh, until mm-hmm. until like relatively recently. Um, um, yeah, yeah, it's kind of hard for me too because I had this story of like, I think it changes all the time. I think why you do anything changes all the time in a way. Like I think that because as, as you grow, the lessons you have to learn shift. Um, so I think the reasons I initially learned how to sing, like my like deep down reasons are definitely different than they are now Mm -hmm. um the reason I'm singing now or want to sing now and like want to like the painting that I was like doing at some point and even in a way no the podcast still has this like really direct relationship to like something for me but like anything that's like art or like music-y I've mm-hmm. started to see it in this season of my life is this like really transgressive act of like I'm not doing this for anybody I just want to do something that's like true and like I don't know that I've ever really had the opportunity to like see myself apart from like production value you know yeah and yeah. profit I don't know so we didn't really say um with the question we were just talking about we didn't s- talk about how can you advocate for yourself today? Um, I don't know how to do that. So if you would please respond and tell me how to advocate for myself, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to interpret it in my little um, heart as how do you show up for yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, and I like to show up for myself by like not um, getting trapped in the thoughts of like perfection which requires that I like do something every day that like I would otherwise be anxious about making perfect. So like posting on Insta or like reposting a story or just like being, sorry, like being visible really is what I mean. Like I, it was really easy for me for a long time to just not be visible because that automatically is like almost a threat to the nervous system of like, Oh my God, am I doing this right? Am I doing this perfect? What does this say about who I am? What are people going to think? And I feel like the way I advocate for myself or show up for myself is like trying to be more present. And part of that is like this podcast yeah, it's just like yeah. trying to like I'm trying to like forego the myth of like perfection um, and this idea of myself that I don't know where it came from and nobody asked it of me. So I should just like relax and just be a human. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, I'm legit constantly thinking about my role in the universe and feeling like I'm meant for more. Same. Um, I feel like I'm hoping that that's the case, but I'm not so sure. Sorry to be like a little bit emo. <laughs> no I love that like maybe life is just meant to be lived you know maybe that's the answer I think you have to divorce the idea of meant for more from the idea of like 
grandiose capitalist success hashtag bootstrap hashtag individualism hashtag leadership like classes you know what I mean it's like not everyone's supposed to be a leader (laughs) I'm not saying you're not I'm just saying like I, I I hate the idea of exceptionalism that makes you think meant for more means like I'm gonna invent the blotty blah. It's like right, right. maybe you're meant to have like a really nice life. Like, mm-hmm. isn't that enough? Yeah, you know, totally. I don't know. And trying to find like the elevation in that, the elevation in community, and like creating a good life for yourself and others. Yeah, and I also feel like um, I really have to prioritize figuring out what I'm actually good at, like mm-hmm. not how I'll make money, not what I desperately want to do necessarily but what I'm good at and how I can use that to help people. I don't totally know yet, but changing my perspective and changing my perspective from I'm desperate to do this thing to um, what do people respond to that I do? Exact. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Easier said than done. Always. So this one is from um, another like dear, like sweet person that we love so much um what does slash doesn't my hairstyle outfit accessory choice etc say about my personality (laughs) (laughs) literally that is half of my brain at all times yeah what am I saying about myself by um the way I'm expressing myself it's so funny yeah it drives Theo crazy I'm like I don't (laughs) the other day I was like I don't believe in gray I don't do gray (laughs) He's like, what the fuck are you talking? It's like, I don't wear gray. I don't associate with gray. It mm-hmm. doesn't mean, it's not, it doesn't speak to me personally. <laughs> That's just my journey. <laughs> yeah, I've been feeling um, like desperate to buy things. Like, you know, to define myself by what I buy. But like, Word. okay, what's my next step that I can take? What's the next dress I can buy that will finally make me happy? Will finally <laughs> be the closing number on my identity. <laughs> yeah. Everyone who I've alienated will come flocking back to me and say, Perry, you know, I just want to come back into your life because I love that Reformation dress. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Reformation. A Reformation is canceled, but also I want to put that entire quote at the beginning of this episode because that's the funniest and most relatable thing I've ever heard you say in my entire life. Literally, like, my, okay, I, I have so many things that are my favorite thing about Perry, but I'm an Aquarius, <laughs> so I don't do favorites, but one of them is that Perry says things just in this exact way that I think them, even if it's like this extreme, it's like the extreme is something I've weirdly thought about a hundred times. And she says it and I'm like, yeah, that. Yeah. To like take it to the extreme. It like, it um, makes the extreme less powerful. I think it does. It's actually like, oh my God, I'd love to have a therapist speak to that. But it's like, if you just actually name, if you really actually just name what that feeling is, it becomes so silly. It's so funny. Like it's my favorite form of humor from you by far. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think this is a great question because I think about it. I mean, less so in fucking quarantine, but uh, I do think about it a lot. I... It's also because I am obsessed with like being perceived. So I'm always trying to figure mm-hmm. out how I'm being perceived. Not necessarily in a bad way, um, but especially like living in New York, being like, okay, I have to like go out and like a thousand people are going to see me and they all have to remember me. <laughs> As like the truest form of myself. As I like put on a pair of black jeans and a black t shirt and blundstones and my huge winter coat it's like I'm unforgettable so funny <laughs> unforgettable I feel like my I have two I have two sides to that question the first side is like it is indeed wild to like continually like 
put the weight on that and think about buying new things as being the ultimate like identifier of self. But I'd like to do a slight reframe for the other side of what I think is like a pendulum in this question, mm-hmm. which is that I would like to state that um, the visual is a sense and that sense deserves to be nurtured, just like mm-hmm. lighting a candle nurtures your sense of smell, just like eating good food, just like getting like a massage. Like I believe that we should prioritize like visual sense. And I think that it's actually like can be like shamed in this way. And it's like, no, I actually want to feel like I look down at my clothes and I love the colors I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And like, I want my house to be full of colors that I love. I actually like deeply, deeply, deeply resonate with that. So like, it's so funny how like, um, what's the word vain, I guess it could be perceived as, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, like I have no problem owning that. Like I love beautiful things and not in this capitalist way, not in this money way. Like I was naturally dying clothes in Portland with avocado pits. Like get the fuck at me. I I just like pink bitch, you know, (laughs) like fuck. So I don't know. That's my other side to that question. This is why I love Charlotte because I (laughs) am a pretty negative person. I come to conclusions that are not necessarily positive conclusions. Like, like in the authenticity talk, I could never have come to the conclusion that Charlotte reached about like the avatar and becoming more playful. I can get to the point where I'm like, this fucking sucks. I'm bad at this. And here's why. And I love that time, point, though. Multiple times in this process, I've come to Charlotte with that conclusion. And Charlotte has been able to, like, make it into something positive. So That's so real. Oh, my God. Thank you. Let's see. What else? Um, will we come out of the 2020 shit show better as a species or will we revert to our ways? I think there might not be an option. I think that answer is going to find us. Yeah, yeah. I won't go any further than that. I think that answer <laughs> is going to find us all in our own little <laughs> way. And do you want to read the last two-parter question? What are you working towards and why? And are you closer today than yesterday? I think that's a great thing to ask yourself in the morning and at night. Sometimes it's I avoid so that beautiful. question because um, I know the answer to the second part is no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although I don't know. Some days like some days maybe you're just supposed to like rest and process. Right. I yeah. mean, computers go into sleep mode. Are we allowed to go into sleep mode? I think so. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Yes. Yeah. I want to get better at like asking myself that honestly every day. So. And what are you working towards? In. Yeah. It's like a beautiful question. What are you working towards? I think the words, like my buzzwords, if you will, wholeness, community, uh, it's like this, like not belief in self, but like advocacy for self almost like Mm -hmm. this, like this, like, I just want to feel, I always talk about it as this feeling of like wanting to feel more dense, like wanting to feel more fully in my body and fully like, like I'm not spreading myself thin. Like I am just here centered in alignment. And, like, the decisions I make, I deeply, like, feel were the right decisions. Yeah. You know? It's just I find it so hard to trust myself sometimes, especially, like, in this past week. I've had, like, such a terrible week. Um, yeah. And I'm, like, being being forced to make decisions and whatever. I'm, like, vague posting on my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Should we wrap? wrap yeah, fuck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. So those were 
all of the questions. Thank you so much for sending them in. I love how we were like, so it's going to be like a cute little episode, but we've been recording for two hours. Two hours. I bet you for some questions, we're going to go back and just like record the question and be like, haha, yup, wow. Yeah. And then I'm going to cut off the entire off. conversation. Yeah, we can just cut out. Yeah. Yeah. So just know everybody, I'll keep this in. Just know everybody that we answered and talked about all of your questions and appreciated them so much. Mm-hmm. Understand also that this is a two hour and 15 minute <laughs> recording so we're gonna really try for your sake to just like narrow it down but know that we really really fucking appreciate everyone writing in questions it was like really fun for us like that felt like such a treat yeah yeah and such a nice like I mean I love doing all the research that we've been doing for all these other episodes but now that we have so many things going on I was feeling overwhelmed um so this is a really nice like relaxing way to try to still produce content yeah, but we just needed a chill app because we want to be like seen as chill girls. Yeah, yeah. we're chill. <laughs> cool. So, yeah. thanks for listening. Thanks. <laughs> um, as always, we are so thrilled. We are compelled. We're compelled. We are moved to. We announce are moved to announce <laughs> that we are thrilled to announce. Bye. Bye. Go. Ungrateful heart. Tutto è passato, non c'è più.